The Giant. Thinkers. Giant Thinkers Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm Ram Castillo, and in this podcast, I'm bringing to you top experts from various industries worldwide to learn from their success and to help us become better designers, creatives, and giant thinkers. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from. This is episode number 85. And before we kick off, I want to highlight that the most important thing for me is that you get access to the thinking and decision making of the world's best people who have done what you may also ultimately want to do, people who have been exposed and have had proven experience at a world-class level. It's why I'm so delighted to share the conversations with the likes of Kelly Slater, to Shark Tank investors, to gold medalist Olympians, musicians, designers, creatives, founders, and leaders from all over, including Nike, Deloitte, Visa, Squarespace, WordPress, Creative Live, VaynerMedia, and even the White House. Now, today's guest is right up there. He's an Australian brand designer and branding icon, responsible for the development of many of Australia's leading identities, including Qantas, Woolworths, Virgin Australia, Rebel, Taronga Zoo, Caltex, P&O Cruises, Foxtel, and hundreds more. In 1982, he pioneered the concept of combining brand, brand strategy, and product development. Now, some of the topics we spoke about include what life was like as a designer in the Netherlands in the 70s before bouncing to New Zealand, then migrating to Sydney, Australia, how he scored his first client, which was Qantas, his biggest learnings after reimagining, repositioning, and redesigning some of the world's most iconic brands, and the harsh reality of being a leader a business owner, and a designer that's always striving for better. So if you're someone that's interested in lifting the hood and hearing the heart, mind, and wisdom of an Australian branding and identity pioneer, then this episode is for you. A quick note from me, I invite you to follow me on my handle over on Instagram, the giant thinker, as I share daily posts and stories on helping decision makers, business owners, and leaders get unstuck through human-centered design methodologies, creative strategies, and personal experiences. So send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on my handle, The Giant Thinker. All right, without further ado, I present to you the insightful, intelligent, and modest Hans Holzbosch. Hans Holzbosch, welcome to the Giant Thinkers podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, it's been an amazing year, you know, considering what's been going on. We still just had a fabulous year and, um, and we're all looking, looking great for next year. So we're, we're in a good, good space. 
It's that uh, optimism that I, I very much admire about you um, being in this industry that, that we're in uh, for so many years. And, and you're someone I looked up to uh, growing up and still do study yeah, your you. work. Um, I have been wanting to interview you for, for such a long time. So uh, I'm, I'm incredibly excited. Um, Thank you. Now, first off, Hans, I have an icebreaker question for you. Okay. What is your favorite brand of all time with all things considered? I, I wonder you as both a designer and a, and a customer of brands, um, what's a brand that really uh, stands out to you that, that you till this day love and enjoy experiencing? I, I would say, uh, Rand, that would be Apple. That, that is no doubt about it. To me, that has got to be the, the ultimate brand. And I would like that, that constant innovation, that, that, that consistency of bringing out new, 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 to me is just so brilliant. And um, it's done with such incredible simplicity that to me kind of stands out uh, amongst one of the all-time great brands. Fantastic, mate. Now, yeah. Hans, where, where would you say your expertise lies in your own words? I think my expertise lie in coming up with ideas. I mean, I've, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm trained. I've, I've done this for so many, so many years, and uh, I just love to come up with new ideas. I love to have clients coming in with pro huge problems, you know, like huge business problems, and it's so exciting to solve them in in what we do. And um, and I, I think that uh, that's why I wake up every morning. And that's why I go to still go to work every day because these problems are still coming in. I've, I've, I've done this now maybe for more than 40 years and yet every day I get out of bed, I feel great, I, I want to go to work, I've got an unbelievably fabulous team of people around me that have that kind of same passion and to me it's what it's all about. It's, uh, it's interesting, uh, in college myself, I was told that, you know, don't box yourself in as, as defining yourself as that label of just as design or designer, um, problem solving was the thing that they harped on and on and on. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm jumping ahead of the gun with my own questions here, <laughs> to mm -hmm. be honest, but I'm wondering out of all the ways that people can problem solve, why design for you but why why did you choose i mean correct me if i'm wrong key hans you you're up to what your fourth decade or so in this mm. industry it's amazing mm. like it's out of all the tools if design is 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 a tool it's it, you could have chosen to be a problem solver in, in many other different ways but why why design uh, i think it comes from um, my childhood um you know, the, the, I could draw from a very early age and um, it naturally got me into a situation where I was either painting or, or drawing or, or, um, and, and, and right through my life. And, and uh, very early on, um, even at school, you know, it was always like winning the, the drawing prize and the, it was always like that. They were, and it, it was, and it was so natural then from then on to go to a graphic design school and then university and then kind of learning, learning, learning. And it, it just it sits, 
it's in my body. <laughs> tell us a bit more about that, Hans. Yeah, tell us a bit more about the, the, the childhood because you've had such an interesting one in terms of um, being born in the Netherlands and then studying uh, at the School of Graphic Design, getting your first job as a packaging designer at Willem II. I mean, mm. can you share to us about those early days? Because I was always drawing, there, 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 there's two things. One, I was always drawing. Sorry. And the, um, the, the other thing is that the Netherlands, especially like in the 60s and 70s, was very design conscious. The Netherlands always has been. And, and I've just been so incredibly lucky to meet mentors in my, in my career, my very early career. I met these people that kind of drove me to another level. And every time I worked somewhere and, and they kind of, kind of had a feeling there was maybe something there and they kind of helped me get to that next level. And they've always done that. And, and um, yeah, that, that to me is just fascinating. And it's something like I do now at my team, of course, right. But it, that, that drive to, to design and to design beautiful things and, and design for companies has always been gosh in the heart of everything I've done. You know, and it, uh, my dad had a, um, had a, um, a shop where, where he, he sold clothing. And very early on, I was, I was, I can remember when I was 15 or 16, I was already one, I designed the logo for the shop, but also the, the, the tags on all the garments and the, I, I was already doing it. <laughs> so it's kind of never been different. I don't, I, I do not know anything else. This is me. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. You brought up uh, your environment uh, consisting of the people and the place and, and the things. Um, so the people, the places and things. Um, one of my favorite quotes of all time is, is a Jim Rohn quote. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that's why mentorship is, is such a passionate part of, of something that I try to evangelize more of. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my first book's how to get a job as a designer. Second's how to get a mentor as a designer. So for you, you mentioned mentorship. Who was a, a significant, impactful mentor in your life in those early days? Uh, I would say that um, there was one guy who was soon after school in my first job. That was a guy called Tom Colon, and he was an incredibly good designer. And he took me under his wing, and and I thought that that was like a really great um, um, a thing. And it came about um, that the. the um, uh, religion was a, played a big part in those early years, and um, there was the Catholic Church. And uh, one Easter, um, the, uh, the the pastor asked me to do a poster to hang in the church, which I did. And uh, the the owner of the cigar factory, William too, he looked at that poster and he says, "That's the man who's going to come and work for me," because in those days the man who owned this cigar company owned the town. You know, it was just like that. <laughs> so I had no choice. He comes and works for me. <laughs> but there, are, and, and of course, you know, it was my first job and it was very, very challenging. But I met this guy, Tom Cola, and he kind of took me under his wing and he kind of helped me grow. And, and then he left after a couple of years 
And that was really good. And then, of course, as soon as he left, I was looking for my next mentor. And I heard about this other guy in Amsterdam called Joop Bergmans. And he was, at that time, the top designer in the country. And uh, I went to see him. And he offered me a job after, after a few conversations. And, uh, well, I took it. And again, you know, the guy just mentored, helped. And, and for me, coming from a small village south uh, near the Belgian border, going into the big town of Amsterdam um, and, and being helped by this guy, I thought that was pretty phenomenal. And he kind of, he kind of taught me to think differently. You know, like when you're in a small village, that's all good and well, you know, but in the big city and the big smoke, and Amsterdam at that time was a you know pretty uh, eventful uh, city. Yeah, he he kind of uh, mentored me and taught me things I could never dream of. And and even then, I I really um, you know I'm so hungry to just learn and learn and learn and soak it all up and try and do better. And and I've just always been like that. I'm still am like that today. <laughs> Amazing. When you look back, and I'm taking you away back in there, back in the moments of the, the grind of the, the day-to-day, whether you were in an office or, or what have you, what comes to mind with a breakthrough, a moment in time where he's side-by-side next to you, either Tom or, or Yoop? What's a, what's a job or a, or a moment where, the, where you were like, wow, that, that's that's one for uh, my, my top 10 <laughs> in my pocket. I'll always remember that, whether it was a design principle or a, a way of communicating or something. Is there a story or how they operated in pitches or meetings or what? Is there anything that you can share with us about that? I, I think that both of them were extreme good storytellers. And, and that is something that you take away with you, you know, all your life because... It, it is about design is about telling stories, right? And um, I think the great moment, and I'm not quite sure that whether that's the answer that you want to hear, but the great moment is that when we're both working on the same project and there comes a time when the client picks your work over their work. And that is kind of a moment when you go, holy moly, this is, this is, wow, this is something that I could only ever have dreamed of. And, uh, and then it happens. And then you know you're in a good space. And, and it probably drives you then even more, you know, because that's all good and well. And, to, and then to um, get chosen by a client the first time, well, that's only like a first time, right? You need to do it a couple of times. And then when that happens, and it gradually gets better and better and better, yeah, then you kind of think, okay, uh, what's next? Basically, you know, what, what happens then? So both um, Tom Kohler and Hugh Bergmans, they were in a pure design company, okay? And it made me, uh, it made me want to do more. I wanted to broaden the, the experience much, much further, right? And so I ended up going into advertising because I, I thought, I need to learn. I need to learn strategy. I need to learn how people think. 
I want to talk to clients because I kind of never did before. And advertising had, you know, managers and writers and art directors. And so uh, I applied for this, you know, applied for this job at Leo Burnett and in, in Amsterdam. And the next thing is I got, I got a job. And, and um, gosh, I did that for, for a few years. And it, it just broadens your thinking, right? I think that having advertising as a background in design is a really good thing because it, you see how clients think and you see how kind of different creative people, how they think. And um, as you well know, um, with, um, with what I then did when we went to New Zealand and then come to Australia, uh, same thing happened. I first went into advertising and that was kind of really, really uh, exciting, especially here in Sydney, because I, I was very early on, um, almost as soon as I got there, I became creative director at, at Clemenjo, the, at the, 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 the big, biggest agency in, in uh, Australia at the time. And um, yeah, again, so I did that for a few years, incredibly stressful job, unbelievably stressful job, but it got me into that kind of the, the the vibe of what Australia was all about, and you just don't lose that, right? And but then this thing started tweaking in my head again about design and about brand. So then I I went to the CEO of Clamager and I said, "We're doing something not right." And um, he goes, "What do you mean? You're doing TV ads? You're doing whatever? You know, advertising? It's all good." <laughs> I said, no, no, no. I said, I said, you need to own the brand. All these clients, right, they all have a brand. Why don't you pitch to, to create a brand for them and then do the advertising? And he just turned around and said, oh, there's no money in it. Go, go, go home. Go, get out of my office. Go, go and do ads. I just, I just came out of that. And, God, I was so disappointing. It was so disappointing. And I felt really down and depressed. And, oh, man, this is so dumb, right? And, it, and it, so I started to kind of research things, right? And there was, a, there was kind of design done in Melbourne. There was not much done in Sydney. And I just sat down with my wife one night and I said, you know what? Fuck it is. I'm going to, no one's doing it here in Sydney. I'm going to start it. And that was it. I kicked my son out of his bedroom and that was my first office. <laughs> and I just, I just started and um, I just couldn't believe that my first client my very first client is Qantas the very first client because they knew they knew that it was a global brand and they knew they had to kind of really keep that up competing with other global airlines right and that's just a, just a man and then it's rolled from kind of one client to the other and then and then I had to move on, get an office, do this, get people, da da da, da. And so it, it all happened <laughs> very quickly. But you know what? It is just, just determination, right? you just got to determine. You've got to go for it. You've got to just um, do what you think is right. And But I do believe that that whole background in the Netherlands, right, it plays a really big role because that's really those mentors are um, – you know, they're being key to the way you think and the way you do. And and I find that so important here too. Um, 
you know, we all, we all, still, I still need mentors. I'm still looking for mentors, right? Just, just people you can have a talk with and find out how they think and, you know, how they do it. And because you can always learn. And it doesn't matter what age you are. You just, you know, you constantly learn, 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 learn. So it's really been, it's been a, just such an unbelievable journey. But it's a great journey and it's still going, you know, like, and it's, and it's um, constantly refreshing itself and, and um, you know, adapting itself to any situation that's out there. So it's kind of, um, yeah, it's really fascinating. Sorry. Hans, you uh, got me going there. That was amazing. <laughs> that was I, I could have just uh, I, I could have just parked all the questions and just let you go. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, but no, truly, that um, there's a few things that I'd like to highlight there, if I may. Um, firstly, gosh, you're speaking my language. Yeah. That is uh, in in many layers, and 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 the listeners too, because. Um, I mean, this, this show has been going on since 2015 and, and have had on many different people and, and experts in their own right. Um, but, but the common thread has been that with which you just captured the continual learning, the humility to continually learn and, and not think like so many people on the show have said very, very similar versions of that, which is just again, so powerful to reaffirm that, hey, people might see Hans Holzbosch, you know, so many accolades, so many different metrics of success in terms of the business world, especially, and uh, you know, you're a family man yourself and gosh, you're still hungry to, to problem solve. And, you know, um, so that I think is very important. The other thing is around the amalgamation of different experiences which form you as a competitive advantage and which forms you as a way of seeing the world differently. And I highlight the word differently because so many people I find in conversations that I have, they're like, oh, Ram, how do, how, do I do, how do I be better at this or do better at this? I'm like, well, how much are you leaning into the self? How much are you, are you leaning into what makes you push things downhill, not uphill? You're, you're battling with people when you haven't even owned your own mm. brand. You've got an ex you've got a story yourself. So, for instance, um, Hans, same thing. I I finished design school, and people um, thought I was crazy. A for for taking a job in the mailroom at Ogilvy. Okay, this was in two thousand and four. That was my first job. I was the mailroom boy at Ogilvy. What they call back then is dispatch, yeah. the dispatch yeah. boy in in all these ad mm -hmm. agencies. And then I and then and I had a scholarship to study design. So so I guess. What I'm trying to highlight here is, is, is the, the, the power of not being afraid to, to try and, and explore different paths because if you're a designer at heart, it's a way of life in my mind um, and you're constantly going to want to solve problems anyway, no matter what industry you apply yourself to. Um, so you were making ads, you saw an opportunity, you started your own brand agency in 1982. ARM. Um, yes. That, that mailroom thing is kind of uh, fascinates me, right? Because yes. I know CEOs that started in the mailroom, like big CEO, right? So, they, so the guy that I worked with at Clemenger, that the, their CEO, he started in the mailroom. So it's not as though, and it's not a, ah, oh, you know, it's just a mailroom, right? 
just keep your eyes open. That's what it is, right? Learn, talk to people, learn, 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 learn. And I'm a great believer when you stop learning, and it doesn't matter what age you are, right? You stop learning, you're gone. It's, it's all over. And it's just, and it, yeah. but that's life, right? In general, right? It's not just about the work we do, but it's every, any, all the experiences that come at you, God, keep learning, keep learning. And you know, all those people that say, yeah, I've done it all. I, I know it. I know, I know it all. I know that, you know, that they're gone. <laughs> Hans, if you don't mind, if you don't mind me asking, and you don't need to answer this, but how, how old I'm are 63. you? 63. 63, mate. You're young. Yeah, I'm still good. Plenty ahead. Still good. My father is 66 okay. and he's still, he still acts like he's, you know, staying, he's fit, he's hopping around, he's like always wants to learn, he's young, youthful in spirit. It's amazing. Just, um, very, very cool. I think it's just important for a bit of context. Yeah, just you know? attitude. You know, it's just an attitude you've got to have, I mean, especially in this game. If, if you're really serious about creating great brands, you better be fit. You better be, uh, and mm. learn, you know, keep learning, keep learning about what it's all about. <laughs> I can't say it enough. <laughs> yeah. So Hans, um, you, you mentioned something earlier about your discussion with that CEO um, at mm. the time. Uh, at the agency you were at, um, at Clemenger. Um, and you've been known to pioneer the concept of branding in Australia as one that combines brand strategy, brand identity, and brand management. What does that approach mean to you today? Um, look, you, can, you cannot design without a great strategy. Okay, it, it's absolutely vital these days, right? I mean, there was a time, I remember, and this goes back all those years when I was still in advertising, there was a lot of gut feel. You just did it because it felt good. And that's all good and well. But these days, um, just for these kind of big clients that we work with, right, there's just too much at stake. You know, you, they, they cannot afford to fail with their brand, right? So therefore, strategy plays a, plays a key role. It actually drives the brand design, you know, great strategies. Um, you can't do that with subjective taste. It, it just doesn't exist anymore like it used to. So there, and so that, that part of it becomes really crucial in your thinking. And our clients just simply demand it anyway, right? So, so most of the jobs they start with with, with, with very strong strategies, so a strategic platform, and then, and then your design builds from that. And it's something else that I've just learned over the years, you know, here in Australia. So that's kind of really key, key to it. And then the, the expression of um, the, from the identity to managing the identity in there and, and all the other uh, components in there. Uh, your, your, brands basically that that Holzbosch has designed have been so iconic in, in Australia in my mind um, yeah, thank you can you tell us a thank bit you. about the, the the brand management side of things I mean rollout gosh like what are the criteria that you have as sort of mandatory sort of okay we can't do that until we do this okay first of all there's there's there's, uh, there's probably two things in this side 
first of all, you need an you need an unbelievably good team. Okay, and that's all part of leading the company, right? You've got to have a great team of people. You've got to have people that really truly understand this business. And I've been so fortunate that I probably have, in my my eyes, we've got the best, well, one of the best teams, but probably the best team of people around me that that have that passion and that drive and that knowledge, because that's a really huge part of it, to do that kind of work. To, to, to brand manage um, everything. So that's a, I'm very, very fortunate having that, that kind of group of people around me, which is really good. The second thing is the way I design is, um, or the way that, that not I design, that, that we work, is um, everything needs to work at different platforms. You know, when you design something, right? Well, this probably goes on a, on a pen, right? But it also will be the size of a stadium. It needs to sit on the side of an aircraft, or it needs to sit on the side of a cruise ship, or it needs to sit on the side of um, of a tower, of what, what else, you know? So all those things, and you need to know them. I can give you this wonderful story about Virgin. If, do you mind if I just explain that story? Please, I was, I was gonna get to this, so jump in so, there. <laughs> so Qantas was great, right? Qantas was really great. So I've been involved in two kangaroos on the aircraft, okay? And that was like really fascinating. Learned a lot, especially the first time. Second time, wow, it was really cool to do it. But you only ever played a part, okay? So they had interior designers and um, industrial designers and whatever, you know, all these kind of people, right? So when Virgin happened, CEO calls me in, he goes, um, right, um, you're still working for Qantas. And I said, well, yeah, doing a bit of jobs. There's no contract that I'm doing a bit of work. He says, how about if I give you the ultimate contract? And I said, well, what would that be? And he says, I'm going to make you the creative director of the brand. And you just do everything. And I, I just went, I, went by, I got a, some kind of a shock when he, when he told Because what that meant was that it wasn't just about an exterior of an aircraft, but it meant, you know, the seating, the carpets, the lighting, the music, the 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 um, the, uh, the the lounges, the everything. <laughs> and because he had a he had a very uh, interesting um, philosophy about brand, right? Especially airline brands, he said consistency of brand is absolutely vital because it sends. A, it sends a, a sense of safety. You know when people recognize the same all the time, right? I just, I just, he just blew me away when he offered that job to me, so I took it. And it meant I had to say goodbye to Qantas, but, but it was just the most unbelievable job. And then we celebrated, and that was all good. And then he turned around and said, you've got a year to do it. And I just went, excuse me? <laughs> He said, you've got a year to do it. I said, that takes three years, something like this, because that's what it took at Quantum. He said, yeah, no, but I'm, um, I'm a, I want it urgent. I want it now. I said, you got a year. See you later. And uh, so he gave me kind of like a budget, and uh, off I went. And um, it, it was just the most 
I tell you what is the most unbelievable experience, right? Because you had to, one, you had to go to Seattle, to Boeing, then talk to these guys about, you know, the implementation, what it meant. Then you got to go to Toulouse in France because of Airbus. And you got to learn all that, you know, and you got to very quickly work out what can be done, what can't be done. And then there's an organization already called CASA. And CASA actually approves of the aircraft before it can fly, right? But that means that anything you design, and that can be chairs, fabrics, leather, carpets, music, whatever, whatever, uh, um, the uniforms, whatever, all that, all that stuff, right? Well, that all needs to kind of fit in their 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 rules, okay? And what they mostly do, especially with seating, is that they set it on fire once it's done, and then it's only allowed to burn for a few seconds. You know, just they test it, right? Well, if you miss that, if you miss that 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 window of a couple of seconds, and you've got the wrong fabric, your wrong pattern, the wrong whatever, right? Well, then it, it, the whole job comes to a halt, and that could cost a year, you know, like before you get back there again. So failure was not an option. It could not be done. And um, thank God I learned so much at Qantas about that. And so, so uh, you know, I'm doing uh, I'm meeting these companies in Italy and Germany and US and and uh, and in Northern Ireland and. England and, and it just kept going and there's only very few companies that have that knowledge anyway right but that experience is so incredibly vital to w- what you do right and to me that is yeah really what it's all about it, it it's and you you constantly meet people that with knowledge you know there's certain knowledge and you just learn and learn and learn from these people and um yeah you just become uh you know, like you come a bit, maybe uh, I, I can't say that I've ever been blasé about about just thinking, ah, oh, you know, everything's cool and dandy because you just never know, especially with airlines, right? You just, you, you need to be on your guard and you need to have people around you you can trust, you can trust and you can give them the trust to get it done. And it's really, really important. And you're right, after a year, the brand was launched and, and, um, well, you know, it's been a really great brand for a long time. And then meeting um, Sir, Sir Richard Branson quite a few times during that process. Again, you know, the man has a vision. And and uh, he's, a, he's a great mentor as well, though. And you talk to him and you you, you learn about his experiences and the, 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 the troubles that he goes through in life and, and all those kind of things. And it's just all... You know, it's another experience. So it's very fascinating. Oh my gosh, wow. I've been very, very lucky to meet with some very, very good people. One of the things that, that I find fascinating as well is that you you obviously serviced Qantas so well that their competitor wanted you as well. I think there's power in, in, in that. Um, I wanted to quickly tap into that first big client though. So Qantas... Uh, was your first. How did that come about? Because I often find that, that it's often that first step with anything that really just to get your foot in the door is, is very challenging for, for most people. 
Um, um, what was it that, that got you Qantas? Yeah, I, I think that goes back to the Clemens days that, that we knew people. You know, you talk to people. And um, I think that's really important. And you, you know, and it's, it's about explaining to the people that you meet about what it is you do and, and, and you know, give them ideas as to how can they can improve their brand and, you know, what needs to be done on a global scale and what my experiences were in Europe. And, and um, to me, that um, um, when the time came, I mean, I didn't even rang them. They rang me. It was like, uh, like just like that. And then um, just to, um, yeah, you know, like uh, that's how it happens. I mean, at, at, at Glamminger, I worked for a cruise company called Sitma Cruises. And that was really, really good fun. You know, very early days of uh, cruising in Australia, right? And again, it was only like a matter of months when I, oops, when I started on my own. That, that CEO rang me and um, he said to me, um, I want you to come and work for me. And I said, well, you have an ad agency. And he says, no, I want to work with you. And I went, oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and then that kind of trickled from there. And, and so I did cruise ships still about, um, gosh, still about a year ago when it all fell apart with uh, the uh, coronavirus issues, right? But... I've been doing them, and I'm working not just here in Australia. I work for them around the world because it's for the, it's so um, Royal Caribbean Cruises, which was the company, the last cruise company I worked for. Again, I had a relationship with the CEO for like years and years and years and years, right? And we always backed each other. Um, it was always a challenge because competition is huge in that field, right? And uh, but you know you got to deliver. And uh, you deliver, you look good, and you and they pay you well, and they they make sure that uh, everything's available. And in uh, 2016, they sent me to China to uh, Shanghai for a year. This is what I, but I had a, how I did it here in the business, right? But every three weeks out of the month, I was I was living out of a hotel room in uh, Shanghai on the Bund, and. Um, just creating the brand in China because cruising only kind of just started to come up there. And uh, so I did that for a year and we ended up with a TV commercial and created a brand and that was all good. And, and uh, yeah, and again, a fascinating experience. Oh, they're really, really awesome experiences when you um, think about that and go through it. But, man, it, it, um, I'm never scared of it. I'm never scared of anything. Bring it on. <laughs> that's, that's how I think, you know, always. If the relationships are great, if they're not great and they're not good, then it becomes quite tense and it, and it can become. And I had like real difficulty working with the Chinese early on in the piece because they felt I did not understand the culture. I didn't understand the people. I didn't look, da, 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 da. what are you doing here? You know what I mean? Like, a, so I very quickly had to learn. You know, and again, it's just talking to people and, and again, bringing a team together of people there on the ground that I can learn from and, 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 and find ways to, to um, you know, how to connect with people. And, you know, they, and it, 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 
I think that now, after all those years, it becomes quite natural for me. And, um, yeah, I, you know, and I still do it every day. I'm trying to connect. I'm trying to connect with you. It's amazing, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you've captured the the essence of, of the importance on, on really the currency here, which is uh, relationships. You mentioned that. And I think at the heart of that, we've, we've sort of touched on a few other themes, which is feeling safe, uh, feeling like you can trust the other, uh, feeling supported. Uh, because really, we, without that, um, the, the, the idea won't be brought to life in its, in its fullness. And, and I, I love that you've made those connections and, and one thing informs the other. It's not in isolation. Like you, you've, you've just said that you, the, the whole cruising side of your uh, experience and your background, certainly that would have fed into the Qantas work. And then now both of those together has fed into the, uh, the Virgin Australia work. It's, it's really wonderful to hear. Yeah, it's now, all good. Um, yeah, it's all but you know, the only thing is though, Ram, is that hmm. it's all good and well, right? It's all good and well to go overseas and to learn these experiences and to do all that, right? That's fantastic. You know, all good. But you've got to come back with the goods. It, 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 you need to deliver. You know, we can have great times. You know, we can have a, you know, can have a, with your clients, right? You can go out for dinner and you can have a, you know, you can, you can meet new people and you can delve into that business all good and well, but it comes a time when you need to deliver. And, and so, um, and it's not an option. It's not a thing. It's what you have to do. You know, there's always that reality comes right at the end. You go, bang, now I need to, you know, make good. And I think that's, that's so important, right? With, yeah. with the outcome, they're paying you it's for an outcome. outcome. Yeah. And so let's talk a bit about that. I mean, there are so many brands spending money on things that don't provide the, the result that they're after. Where do you see then the future of, of optimizing an outcome for brands? I still believe that it, it comes down to, even in the future, right? It still comes down to delivering really great strategic um, answers to that, to any issue. Any 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 problem, right? There's there. You need to have people that that can can work on these strategies, and then and then it, and those strategies are then translated into ideas and design and, and whatever it is. And I don't think that's going to change in the near future. If anything, I think that's going to become even more and more and more important. I mean, you know, we. You think about it, you know, and you just look around you on your table, whatever it is, right? All you see is brand. All you see is design. Everything is design, you know, and, and, and Apple has given us this, this fabulous world that we now live in, really, uh, about design. It's all about design. So it's, it's not going to change. And, you know, like bad design, right? It's out there as well. But people ignore it because bad design, we, we, we want to be surrounded by great design. Everybody wants to. And I think that that's it coming going into the future, that combined with great strategy, it really is is what it's really all about. And it and it will become more and more important. 
how do you how do you define good strategy in in a sort of uh, lens that not the everyday person might who who aren't everyday uh, in an everyday way exposed to design at all how how do you define good strategy for them well, it gives me the answers hmm. I, I love to design i love to, i mean some of the brands that i've done i've done it in five minutes you know like because the strategy was so good and so so detailed and so right that it's not going to take months and months because that happens as well right but that gives you this wonderful thing that you can kind of put in your mind and then and then work from that to me the great strategy does that and and like nothing else you know and i think that that's uh, vital to uh, what it is that we do but give me a great piece of strategy and i give you a great piece of design give me an average piece of strategy and you probably end up with an average piece of design it, it it's it's you know like the combination of the two that make it so important and so one of the things that I wanted to also touch on um, with the time we had together was the, well, a, a brand that's kind of close to my heart because it was my first ever job at 14, nine months. I worked as a checkout operator at Woolworths. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And, uh, yeah, good for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm an open Woolies fan. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I love Woolies. I've, I've always been a Woolies guy. Um, though, of course, I, I, I pop into the old uh, competitor here and there. Um, but look, Woolies, the brand, when I saw that rebrand and, and, and it's an identity that uh, has been one of the top five rebrands in the world in, in 20, 2008 to, to 2009 by Brand Channel. And mm-hmm. even recently, Marketing Magazine voted Woolly, Woolworths um, icon one of the top five logos of all time in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are the insights now in hindsight after, you know, that, that's rolled out? Um, quite heavily and it's certainly now embedded and Woolies has always been one of the, the, the f- sort of key fabric brands in, in our Australian culture. What have you learned from, from working with, with that brand? Because obviously it's, it's nowhere near like an airline, but I'm sure there's probably some things that informed that experience as well. The, um, it, it, again, it was a, it was an, an unbelievable journey. It's a beautiful journey, right? Where it goes. And, and, um, so again, I've learned so much from doing that job, right? One to create the, the mark, the icon that's, that's it, uh, that you see every day around you, right? It's everywhere. It's part of the fabric of Australia now, right? That, that brand, right? It's just everywhere. You can't miss it. Um, um, again, it's just a beautiful job. But the one thing that stuck by me always is that something that the marketing director told me right from the beginning, and he, he, he said to me, you just, don't, you just don't redesign a brand. You just don't do that, right? Unless there is something intrinsically wrong with what it is that you have, and they did have. They got the, They had the name Woolies, the fresh food people. It was just words. But those words didn't mean anything. You know, they were just like were the fresh food people. It didn't visually say anything about what they were. And, and that's always stuck by me that he said that. You know, like, 
he, 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 his words were like uh, rebranding a company. Not on the, he mentioned, what did he say? He said, not on my watch or not on my Nelly. You know, the way that he explained that. He said, he said uh, you just don't do that unless you know there is something wrong. Unless you know that intrinsic feeling that something is not right about that brand. And um, only very few people understood that within Woolworth. No, I've only ever kind of, and the other thing is it was a very, very, very small team of people. And I, and I still walked away from that too in the end. The smaller the team, the better the work. Too many people, too many opinions. You know, like uh, the smaller the team, the better it is, right? Because you can work. And I basically worked with the head of supermarkets um, and the head of marketing. And that was it, two guys. And then we just did that whole job. And um, it, again, it took about, it took like close to a year to get it where it needed to be. Um, only because um, Woolies has always said to themselves that we are a brand first and then we are a supermarket. So therefore the brand became just everything for them, right? And it had to be so incredibly right and yeah, it took a, it took a while to get there, you know. But once it was right, and they're so so interesting, you know. Once it laid on the table, and they just went, "Yeah, this is it." There's no excitement. They said, "Yeah, well, this is it." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> let's roll it out." <laughs> oh, okay, oh, great. Oh, good. No, well, <laughs> that does it then. Gosh. And then it took so, another, and then we had, it had to, it, it was designed, but then it took another year for the rollout. Of and course, course it, at it least. It had to be launched at some event where all the managers, all the state managers, all the managers, and there were like a few thousand of them, right? All had to come together. And all the day it was in a, and I came up with this idea how to launch it, right? And it was in a day in a huge warehouse, and they're all sitting there, and the next thing, out of the curtains came this, truck and in the background right and the truck was of course had the new livery on it right so the the truck came in and that showed the job you know and it's the trucks that you see around every day right driving around australia so we drove the truck in and that was the launch of the brand and um, in the beginning all these people in the audience they kind of went hey well there was no not applause no you know like they were all going oh right okay and then suddenly, out of the back, someone started to say, wow, and started to clap. And the next thing, it became bigger and bigger. <laughs> and then in the end, everybody just stood up. And, and it was a really, really awesome experience. You know, again, you know, they, they did not have to invite me to that, to that launch. You know, like sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But they, they, they were pretty happy. So yeah, I dare and I could speak and I could tell a little bit to these people about what how it came about and what we did. And yeah, I really appreciated that, that they gave me that opportunity. And, and um, yeah, it was a lovely way to launch, you know. Yeah, it was a really great brand in Australia. Fantastic. So yeah. we've got a few more questions, Hans, cool, before we wind down. Yeah. Uh, somewhat quick fire, um, yeah. as, as I, I'm very conscious of your time as well. Now, I love this little excerpt. You're the only designer in Australia to receive a Telstra slash federal government small business entrepreneur of the year award. Correct. And 
uh, your company best small business. Mm-hmm. So I think that captures it really well. And and we we spoke a lot about proof in the pudding here, which I love. So what's the harsh reality of being a leader, a business owner, a designer? Mm, yep, 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 yep. A designer okay, that's me, always striving for for better. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the reality step, then? Yeah. So so Ram, just quickly, Mike. So I lead by example. I'm there in the strategy phase. I'm there when we design, but I'm always trying to inspire my team, always. Because, I mean, ultimately, they are the people that are doing it, right? And they're, they're, they're creating and all that. All I do is just feed my experiences in there, if, if they want to hear it, if they, you know. And, but always trying to help, always trying to assist, always trying to get them to, to make better. So that's the kind of key to me, right? So the key is to, you have to have the best people in town. There's, there's no, and I really believe that at this point in time, we have them and it's fantastic working with them. You know, there's a great atmosphere. There's a great culture in the place. And I think that really, really all the people that, that have come to us with promises that they could not deliver they're no longer there. They 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 kind of naturally um, leave because I mean, like they they won't survive it, right? With the pressures that of every day of the way we're going. So that's kind of really good, right? So now we've got a great thing. As a business owner, I've always have tried to keep it no more than thirty people, okay? Because my feeling is all about quality, not about quantity. I don't take on, we don't take on just every job. It's not, it's not happening. You know, we, we, not that we're trying to select, but we kind of naturally get these clients, get business that, um, that, you know, people that believe in quality. So that's really good. Um, we normally, as a businessman, yes, we deal with the marketing directors, but with every major job, and we do quite a few, there's always a CEO involved. And we always end up presenting to a board, okay? And again, it gives you these kind of insights that you normally don't get, you know? And that's really kind of really important as a brand designer. I, I find that really crucial. I think the other thing, and this year, just to, just to um, it, it's kind of really important for me, right? I think that it's really important to look after your team. It's really crucial, right? And because mental health is real, especially this year. And it, it, it all comes down to trust, right? But it's, this year is kind of really vital. And we bring people in. We bring people in. You know, the leaders that do, are you okay? We bring them in here. We, we get them to talk to people. And, and we leave it up to the, to the people who may have issues to then separately go and talk to these people. And we, we, we organize it, we, we, um, we pay whatever, if there's money involved. We, I want to help these people constantly to, uh, to make sure that there's a great level of trust um, there. And, um, you know, I don't want to hear that, what happens after that. Uh, it's up to the individuals, right? And, uh, but uh, now this year has been challenging. There's no doubt about it, you know, with your team. but we've come out okay, you know, the other end. And um, people really appreciate it because it doesn't happen in any company just like that. You know, we constantly have speakers 
they come in. You know, I know so many people that, that are either great athletes or great uh, um, teachers or, and we bring them in here and we, we say, oh, you know, give a spiel to the, talk to the staff and talk to people about, about um, you know, your experience that they learn. And so I think that that's, um, yeah, it's been really good. They're really, really, really exciting. The, the other thing that I found really important is that you, you, you constantly rethink how to be collaborative with your team. You know, you need to, things change just constantly, right? And I said, especially this year, it's been a, it's been a challenging year, like I said before. And, and um, yeah, you know, I mean, and that's what, but I love all that because it's another challenge and it needs to be taken on. Like everything else. Sure. <laughs> it's powerful stuff you shared there, Hans. Thank you so much. Um, just a couple more. If you could travel back in time for 30 seconds and speak to your junior self, just for 30 seconds, what would you, what would you tell him? Go travel. Go learn. Don't stick, stay in your own country. Go and experience the world. It is mm, The world beautiful. is such an amazing place. And, and go to nature. Don't go, don't go into the big smoke, go to nature, learn, learn from nature. I, I do this with my team here now and again, right? Only, only uh, a week ago, we were fishing in the Tiwi Islands, which is 80 k's north of Darwin. And just nature, just be there, be there, learn. We, we get so stuck on these screens in front of us, right? But go out there and learn how frogs behave and cat poles and learn, 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 learn all about these kind of things. It's really, uh, really important. I think there's another thing that I'd like to um, finish on, right? And it's a quote that I've used for many, many years, right? Please. And it's about you do not choose a great brand. A great brand chooses you. Do you know what I Beautiful. mean with that? You understand, please, right? please expand. Yes, in your own well, words. Well, you know, like you walk into a shoe shop, right? And there's, and within seconds, usually, right, you see that pair that's looking at you and it's talking to you. And that's the one that you're going to love, right? And that's what I mean, but it chooses you. A great <laughs> brand does that. that. A great brand does mm. it always. And I think that that's, you know, and if you can create that great brand, what it's all about you know and you look back and you think right okay what's next <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well you saw me post uh, recently i was like what 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 has this person not designed so you know, I'm, I'm excited to to see what comes out from from your personal work and professional work hans um, Thank you. i'm a forever fan always have been um, uh, you're, you're a mentor to me from afar and, um, uh, I look forward to continuing the, the relationship, um, and, and learning from, from you. Um, and how can listeners get in touch with you online, Hans? Uh, the, the best thing to do is to go, um, just to, to connect with the company, you know, like it's really easy, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, .com.au and, and, uh, connect. Uh, absolutely. Fantastic. I'll, and, I'll put and, all the links up. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. And, and, um, and maybe Ram, um, it'd be nice to, uh, if you and I'd go and have a drink, let's go and have another chat. 
We must. Are you based yeah. in Sydney, Hans? Yes, right now. Based in Sydney, yeah. Uh, we've we've got we've got to then for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll organize that. And uh, Hans, I I really appreciate your time as do the listeners, no doubt. So thank you so much. Uh, it, it has been an absolute joy to finally interview you. Uh, uh, though it's been many years in the in the making, it's it's one that I think is going to be uh, certainly something so, so valuable for for everyone and and a, a wonderful legacy that you're leaving and continuing to to build. Thank you, thank you very much for those wonderful words, Ram. I really really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us, dear giants. I really appreciate you listening to this interview with Hans. Hopefully you were able to grab something useful from the conversation. Please send Hans a hi and hello over on his LinkedIn. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. And also check out holzbosch.com.au. That's H-U-L-S-B-O-S-C-H holzbosch.com.au to see the enormous breadth and depth of their work. You can, of course, check out the giantthinkers.com blog post for this episode of the podcast, and I will link that there if it's easier. And if you're enjoying these episodes, I do have one ask. If I may, I'd really appreciate an iTunes review from you. Please head to giantthinkers.com slash podcast review. It'll take you straight to it. I read and appreciate every single one, and it really does help get the show in front of more people who may need these stories and insights from our world-class guests. A little teaser for our next guest. He is an Emmy Award-winning designer, director, CEO, and chief strategist of Blind and the founder of The Future, an online education platform with their mission being to teach 1 billion people how to make a living doing what they love. Now, I've 99% for sure given it away from that tidbit already. (laughs) But here's a bit more. He's currently serving as the chairman of the board for the SPJA and is an advisor to Saleshood. He has also served as advisory board member for AIGA LA, Emmy's Motion and Title Design Peer Group, Otis Board of Governors, Santa Monica College and Woodbury University. He's given talks and conducted workshops on sales, negotiations, value-based pricing, mindset, branding, graphic and motion design, social media marketing, entrepreneurship, business management, client relations, a whole bunch, all the stuff that we love at Giant Thinkers, of course, as well. So subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast app and you'll be notified as soon as that goes live. For any questions regarding the podcast or anything at all, the best way to reach me is on my Instagram. Please feel free to send me a message via my handle, the giant thinker. Lastly, I'll leave you with a quote that I loved from Hans, who said, I still need mentors. I still look for mentors, people you can have a talk with, find out how they think, how they do it. You can always learn. Doesn't matter what age you are. You constantly learn, learn, learn. 